Hi everyone, welcome to Church at Home, Christchurch London's first ever online service at what is an unprecedented time for our city, our nation and our world. Wherever you're watching this, it's really great to have you with us. Really hope you find our time together helpful and beneficial. If you don't know me, my name's Andy and I'm part of the Christchurch London team and amongst other things lead our Sutton service in South London with my wife Joy. Uh, we've got three children and a puppy who are upstairs right now while we are recording this from our living room. Uh, David Stroud, who leads Christchurch London, was actually due to be speaking today. Uh, very sadly, he had to pull out last minute due to feeling unwell. Uh, I've been in touch with him. He's on the mend uh, in high spirits. Uh, he and the family send their love and regards, and I'm sure they'll be back in the not too distant future. Please be praying for them though, and also to say if any of you are watching this from your sickbed, uh, we wish you a very speedy recovery and are praying for health and strength for you as well. So as we begin church at home, as we begin online church services, we want to spend the first three weeks looking at this escalating coronavirus situation and asking how do we respond? I'm sure many of us are feeling anxious or afraid. Not just about the physical dangers that this virus represents, but also things like the economic and financial fallout, employment uncertainty, as well as the social implications, not being able to see friends and family as we would otherwise like. How do we handle this? What do we do? How should we respond? Over the next few weeks, I'm sure there'll be a bit of overlap with what different speakers say. Uh, just want to say, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think often at times like this, I need to hear the same truths over again so they go deeper into my heart. In terms of what I want to look at today, I want to focus on one very simple verse from the New Testament. It's from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 8. And very simply, it says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I want to unpack this by starting with an illustration by a Dutch theologian and journalist called Abraham Kuyper. Kuyper reasoned that in a way, the structure of every human being, the way we're all made up, is a little bit like the structure of the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the place where people went to meet with God. Put simply, there were three sections to the tabernacle. Firstly, there was the outer courts where everybody was allowed. In the same way, Kuiper said, we all have our outer courts. This is our public self, our external self. This is the me that you are seeing right now, where everybody has access. And of course, we all think about how we look and what we wear because we care about our outer courts. The second part of the tabernacle was what was called the holy place. Access here was restricted. Not everybody could come here. Likewise, Kuiper said, each of us have a smaller world where we restrict access. We don't allow everybody to get close to the real us, only those we love and trust. We'll come back to that in a moment. But then right at the heart of the tabernacle was what was called the Holy of Holies, the most sacred place. And only one person, the high priest, could go there to connect with God, just the one person. In the same way, so to speak, we all have our Holy of Holies the deepest part of who we are, and there is only room there for us and for God. Outer courts, holy place, holy of holies. Now here's what Kuiper reasoned, and here's the trap that we can so easily fall into. Often, and all too often for someone like me, the mood in my holy of holies 
in the deepest part of who I am is governed by what's happening in the outer courts. If my external world is going great, my life is great. If it's not, not so much. So for example, if everybody gets in touch with me on the back of this talk to say, Andy, great job. Andy, you are fantastic. If my world is governed by what's happening out there, I'm going to have a great week. And at the same time, if everybody gets in touch with negative feedback, if I'm governed by what happens out there, I'm not going to have a very good week at all. When my world is governed by what's happening in my outer courts, I get blown in each and every direction because what's happening in the deepest part of me totally depends on what's going on in my wider world. And when that happens at a time like this, when all around are headlines that can make me afraid or alone or stressed out, then a changing and uncertain world can play havoc with my inner being. For Jesus, life began in the Holy of Holies. Time with the Father came before anything and everything else. That was his most important priority, and he let that govern his life and his ministry. Even at the most stressful point in his life, as he's facing up to the crucifixion and all that that entails, as he's sweating great drops of blood, so great is his stress, he still makes time for prayer. He still sets aside time with the Father. He just loves being with him. And in the same way, at this time of unprecedented change and uncertainty, Jesus invites us again into the Holy of Holies to meet with him, to set aside time to be with him. I read a really interesting article on this recently, and the author said this, If all is not well in your Holy of Holies, no glory in the outer courts can sustain you. On the other hand, if your life with God deep within you is joyful and whole, no disturbance in the outer courts can destroy you. Maybe I can ask us a question to think about. How's it going in your Holy of Holies? In the deepest part of you? What's happening in the space where there is only room for you and for God? When it comes to how do we handle a moment like this, this is where we should begin. And this is what I want to focus on today. But before we get to more of that, I want to be clear, this is not where it should end. I'm sure many of you have heard of a quite brilliant man called Henri Nouwen. He was a former Harvard professor, a quite fabulous writer. And he noted this, that with Jesus, the order of his priorities was always solitude, community, ministry. Solitude, community, ministry, holy of holies, holy place, outer courts. So often with me, it's the other way around, especially at a time like this. I want to respond with action. I want to do something. I want to somehow fix the problem. And prayer can drop to the bottom of my priority list. Time with God comes as an afterthought, not with Jesus. His number one priority was time with the Father, and he let that fuel time with then a trusted group of friends in his holy place, and then ministry in the wider world. And he encourages us to live the same. After spending time in the Holy of Holies with God, I then step into the holy place, to an inner circle of trusted friends. And who I invite into that place is actually way more important than I might think and maybe will determine way more than I realise how I navigate a season like this. 
Who am I going to invite into my inner world? Who am I going to allow to get close? Those who fill me with fear and anxiety? Or those who point me to something higher? Those with whom I can be honest about my struggles and stresses? Those with whom I can pray and find joy? Or those who make me despair about the current situation? We're going to have to do community very differently over this next season. Connect groups, alpha courses, step courses are all moving online. And uh, I just want to say this doesn't make them any less important. I want to encourage you to make this a priority. Meet with others. Pray with them. Be honest about your own struggles. Prioritise church community. And let time with God and church community be the fuel that then helps us to minister to our wider world. More than at any point in our lifetimes right now, our world is shaking and people need some light and joy and hope and life. As we find security in Jesus and through connecting with each other, that's the fuel to help us minister to a broken and needy world. I heard an illustration from author and speaker Brené Brown a while ago uh, that I think I may have shared before. She talks about going into a fast food restaurant and just ordering some food for her family. And while she was waiting for the order, uh, just got chatting to the lady behind the counter about her life and her family. Suddenly the lady burst into tears. And once she'd composed herself, she said this, I'm really sorry for my tears. It's just that normally nobody ever notices people like us. So easy at a time like this to focus on myself and my immediate family. What an opportunity for the church to minister to our wider world and be bringers of light and hope and life, maybe particularly and especially to those that everybody else might miss. Uh, we as a church are talking a lot right now about how can we make the most positive contribution to our community, to our city, and we'll share much more of this over the coming weeks. A couple of ideas I love. Uh, I love the cards that some people have printed out to put through letterboxes down their street to offer to pick up prescriptions or drop off food, or maybe just to be a point of contact, to help those who are self-isolating find a point of connection with those down their street. I love the fact that the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, has called for a national day of prayer today, and we want to totally get behind that, and set aside time to pray for our nation, our government, our community, and those who are in need. And there are a whole load of other ways that we can make a difference in our wider world. And that may be something you want to talk about at Connect Group when you meet online this week. And if you want more information about Connect Groups, you can contact them at connectgroups at christchurchlondon.org. And we'll return to this more over the coming weeks. But while all of that is important, I want to finish and focus on taking us back to the Holy of Holies. To our deep inner place with God. Because it's from here that everything else needs to flow. And one of the reasons this inner place with God is so important is because what of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 teaches us. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Yesterday. Before we even knew what coronavirus was and is, Jesus is the same. Today, in the midst of the storm and scary escalating headlines, Jesus is the same. Tomorrow, when this season is confined to the annals of history, Jesus is the same. And if our lives are feeling tossed about by the change that is everywhere about us, 
My number one encouragement at a time like this is to go to our inner place, our holy of holies, and meet there the one who never changes. Jesus is not phased by coronavirus. Economic uncertainty doesn't worry him. He's not stressed by what happens next. He doesn't get mad when we succumb to fear or despair. We never have to worry when we pray, oh, what kind of God will I find today? Not even death can stand in his way. He has triumphed over everything. Nothing can overcome him. He is utterly unchangeable, totally reliable, forever dependable. This is why connecting with him matters so much, especially at a time like this. In a time of great change, let's go to the one who never does. Let me give you a couple of silly illustrations on this. Now, I am a huge fan of sport. I'm really missing it right now. And one of my favorite sporting tournaments is golf's Ryder Cup. And I remember possibly Europe's greatest ever victory, 2012, the miracle at Medina. I have rarely been so nervous and stressed watching sport. I watched half of the shots from behind the sofa or behind a cushion. It was gripping and agonizing in equal measure. Afterwards, I watched the highlights. Then it was a totally different story. I sat back in an armchair, relaxed at ease, cigar in one hand, brand in the other, metaphorically speaking, of course. Why? I knew the outcome. Nothing could change the outcome. Nothing was going to change with regards to the result, and so I could have peace and great confidence as a result. It's exactly the same with Jesus. As I remind myself of the moment he faced death itself, I don't have to worry, oh no, who's going to win? Jesus has triumphed. Therefore, we can have great confidence in him. Another illustration. Again, it's about golf. Again, I'm afraid it's about the Ryder Cup, Europe versus America. And I should say apologies uh, to anyone listening or watching uh, from America or who is American. Just want to say I love your country. I love America. However, in this illustration, you do represent uh, sickness, evil, and the forces of darkness. <laughs> but anyway, when I was a child, um, for many years, uh, it felt like decades, uh, America would always win. They didn't just win, they totally outclassed Europe. Every single time, it felt like they were triumphant. They had crushed, demoralized, and soundly thrashed the European team. It was an annihilation. Enter a superhero called Sevi Ballesteros. Uh, Seve was a golfing genius. He was a king at golf, one of the greatest players uh, the world has ever seen. A young Spaniard, absolutely brilliant. And when he came into the team, the Europeans adopted a very simple strategy. They would always, always, always send Seve out first on the course. And then all around the course, they put up leaderboards for all the other players to look at. So they could see how their great hero was doing. And as they looked at their hero winning again and again and again, it inspired and empowered them to live and to play differently. They knew, I'm on the winning team. Sev is with us, and so we are going to triumph too. It's exactly the same when we look to Jesus. That's what needs to happen when we go to our holy of holies, our inner place. We look to the one who has gone out before us. And he has faced up to even death, and he has won. Our world is changing in scary and extraordinary ways. 
And we may feel overwhelmed or scared or stressed out for ourselves or for those around us. Jesus, the unchanging one, has gone before us. So we need to lift our eyes to him. And inspired and fueled by him, we then go build community and minister to a needy and a watching world. Yesterday, today and forever, Jesus is the same. So I want to finish by, metaphorically speaking, leading us into our inner place, our holy of holies, so we can meet with him. Let me finish by saying this. Just over 2,000 years ago, a group of disciples, followers of Jesus, were huddled together in a room. And we're told they were alone and afraid and discouraged. And as far as they were concerned, Jesus was dead. And with his death, all hope for the future had died with him. Suddenly, Jesus comes and stands amongst them. He's conquered death. He's back from the grave. And he says to them, peace be with you. Receive the Holy Spirit. I have no idea what that moment was like. I can only speculate. But something very significant happened in that room. In fact, as a matter of historical record, our world got changed in that moment because those disciples were transformed into bold and courageous witnesses and they went on to transform the world. In fact, as an aside, I think a compelling piece of evidence for the resurrection is I cannot come up with a better explanation for what turned this fearful motley crew into people who transformed human history other than they, they encountered the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Why do I share that story? Well, I guess right now, many of us are watching this talk from a room somewhere. And maybe like those disciples, we feel alone, afraid, discouraged, maybe wondering what the future holds. In a moment, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna invite Jesus to come and stand amongst us. And it's an opportunity for us to each journey into that deep inner place where it's just us and God. But it's not just a moment to look to the one who's gone before us and conquered even death. To remind ourselves that Jesus has triumphed. I'm going to pray that Jesus fills us with his peace and the Holy Spirit afresh. And I want to ask that you would be open to Jesus meeting you with, with you right now. And filling you with his life and power. Just like he filled and met those disciples 2,000 years ago. Maybe you're sceptical as to the fact that God might meet with you right now. So perhaps I can explain it this way. Uh, all around me, all around you right now are radio waves. I can't see them or feel them or touch them, but they are here. And if I had the right device, a radio, I could tune in and suddenly hear beautiful, amazing music. Prayer is a bit like that. Uh, I can't physically see God right now. I can't reach out and physically touch him, but he's here. He's here with me and he's here with you. And so as I pray now, it's just an opportunity for us to tune into God and for God to tune into us. It may be some of you have got questions. You've not fully figured out the Christian faith yet. It may be you'd say, I'm not sure I'm even a follower of Jesus. I want to ask you to be open to the risen Lord Jesus meeting with you right now. It may be some of you have got questions you'd like answered. Maybe you want to talk further about what following Jesus might look like. Maybe you'd like to become a follower of Jesus. I imagine for many of us that you might like some prayer. We want to make all of that available. And in the notes section on your screens, if you click there, there should be a load of email addresses so you can get in touch and myself or one of the team will drop your line in the next couple of days. 
And if you can't find them, just email hello at christchurchlondon.org and myself or the team will be in touch very shortly. But now I want to leave a moment for us to tune into God and for him to tune into us. For us to journey into our holy of holies so we can meet with him. So we can look to the one who's gone before us. To the one who can fuel us to build community and minister to a wider world. Maybe you want to close your eyes as a way of blocking out all other distractions. Maybe you want to open your hands as a way of physically expressing God. I don't know if you're there, but I'm open right now. Let me pray. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come right now. Come Holy Spirit and meet with us. We want to ask just like the risen Lord Jesus Christ met those lonely and fearful disciples 2,000 years ago. Would you come stand in our room right now and reveal yourself to us? I want to ask that you would point us not just to the one who's gone before, who's triumphed over death, but would you come and minister peace to us? Would you come and fill us with the presence of your Holy Spirit? May we know the love of God. May the kindness of God come close. I want to ask that you would teach us about the priority of time with you. May our homes be places of your presence. May we regularly set aside time to meet with you, not because we have to, but because we get to. Come Holy Spirit. And as we connect with you, we want to ask with all of our hearts, would you empower us to model the community that Jesus taught us to build and to be bringers of love and light and peace to a watching and needy world. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, thanks so much uh, for listening. Uh, again, if you want to get in touch, you can email hello at christchurchlondon.org or get in touch with the email addresses in the notes section. And we hope to see you online for Connect Group or Alpha this week, if not at church next Sunday. Thanks for being with us. God bless you very much.